faithful, isn't he? And I appreciate that scripture. I, again, scripture never returns void, so it's always good when we uh, use scripture. It, it brings me back uh, one time, I don't know, I just thought about this, but uh, one time years ago, uh, I decided to preach a sermon, and I didn't say anything, and all I did is share scripture. That was the best sermon I ever preached because the Word of God never returns void. Uh, my opinion doesn't matter. Uh, but hey, guys, we've been, we've been talking about spiritual fruit the last several weeks. We're going to uh, be continuing to look at that for a couple of weeks. Uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, faithfulness, the spiritual fruit of faithfulness. And uh, we're going to have all the scriptures. I've got a lot of scripture this morning we're going to be reading. Um, so it's... It's going to be in the ESV, so all of it will be on the screen. So, uh, again, it's going to be a lot. So we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, but um, it will be on the screen. So uh, don't worry if you're having to flip through. So Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 is where we're going to start uh, this morning. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And, the, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So this morning, like I said, we're going to be talking about the fruit of faithfulness. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about the spiritual fruit. And basically, the fruits of the Spirit is characteristics of Jesus or characteristics of God. And if, you know, in the, the verses we looked at in, in verse 24, I read, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, their flesh is dead. And, and so if, if we're displaying spiritual fruit, it's going to be because you belong to Jesus. Okay, and, and that's what this morning we're going to be, I hope it's going to be an encouragement to you this morning, but it's also sort of a, uh, an intense message because I want to teach the whole counsel of God. And so I, I want to re-emphasize, we're going to be talking about spiritual fruit and a person who knows Christ is going to display these fruits over their lifetime and it's going to be a consistent walk. So if you're not consistently uh, displaying these fruits, then you need to, to take an inventory and take a check and see if you really know Christ. And, and so that's really important. And uh, verse 25, it says, So if we have these fruits, if we're going to live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So we're, we're on the same page as Jesus. We're doing a walk. And I, I know for me, I like to hike. And, you know, I'm glad that uh, somebody came up with the uh, use of the word hike. Hiking is just basically walking. Uh, but to clarify as a hike, you have to go at least two miles. That's just taking step, 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 and eventually you get two miles, and you can call it a hike. Um, but so that's what we're talking about, building character, and that's what we're going to look at. So for us to get a good idea of what faithfulness looks like, 
we're going to do a contrast. We're going to look at Luke chapter 18 and uh, verses 1 through 8. And uh, this is a parable that Jesus gave to his disciples. And I'll give you a little context. Jesus had been talking about he was going to die. And he also talked about, but one day I'm going to return. And there's going to be this great coming when Jesus Christ comes back uh, to the earth. And so he gives them this parable in that context. Hey, I'm going to come back again. Uh, and, and so in Luke chapter 18, which is, this parable is only found in, in Luke, he gives the meaning at the front of the parable. He never does that, but he did it in this one. So it's important for us to take notice of him. He, he basically, hey, this is what it means. This is what it's saying. So uh, let's look at Luke chapter 18 and verses 1 through 8. It says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So he's given them the meaning. Now again, we're talking about the fruit of faithfulness. Now Jesus knew that the disciples were going to live in a difficult world. And of course, we're living in difficult days in America. There's a lot of turmoil and a lot of uncertainty. And uh, even the pandemic is part of that uncertainty. But there's a lot of stuff going on. And Jesus says, hey guys, I want you to be faithful. I want you to endure. I want you to be loyal. How can you do that? And, and he says, hey, you're going to have a... Your flesh is going to want to say, I give up. I quit. I, I don't have the heart to do this anymore. I can't follow God. And, and I'm sure uh, if I asked you in this room, do you know people that have just turned away from God? I do. They, they quit following Christ. They just left, left the faith. So he, he gives this parable for us not to give up, to be faithful. And this is what he says. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, those who belong to Christ, those who are displaying spiritual fruit, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth. So Jesus is given this parable and it's, it's unusual. It's, it's what the, the parables were either a parable that was showing similarity to God or was showing a contrast. And in Luke 18 we have a contrast. It's real clear. He says we've got this unrighteous judge. And in verse 2 it says the unjust judge said he didn't respect God and he didn't respect man. And, and we know when Jesus taught us as followers of him, he said, what's the two greatest things in the Bible? And Jesus said, love God, love people. This judge represented none of that. 
And again, it's showing ungodly, unrighteous judge. The Bible calls a fool if you don't believe in God. And then you've got the difference that we'll be talking about in a minute, a faithful God. And this widow, she had a real problem. She was uh, treated wrongly. She starts going to this judge. Now we know in ancient times, and, and even a lot still in, in places in the world, women have little rights. Well, in Jesus' day, a woman couldn't even go to court. The only way a woman was allowed into the court was if she had no man to represent her in court. Well, we can clearly see that this widow, she had no one. And again, she was not going to be able to give the judge anything back in return. So the judge is like, I don't even care about God or man. Go away. Just leave me alone. But the Bible says she was relentless. Day after day, she went to the judge. Give me justice. Give me justice, judge. And the Bible, you know, we read it. The Bible says in the story, the judge kept going, man, go away. For a while, he just didn't pay her attention. But she kept coming. She kept coming. And eventually the judge, now, now hear what he says. He says, I don't respect God or man. He, he's, he's showing us what kind of person he is. He has no character, no integrity, nothing. He's like, I know who I am. I don't care about God. I don't care about people. But this woman will not leave me alone. And it, The Bible says, she's wearing me out. She's beating me down. That, what that means in the, uh, the original text, it means to give someone a black eye. This judge says, She's wearing me out so much, she's giving me a black eye. I can't even deal with this anymore. I, I'm just going to give her what she wants. And guys, now again, that's a faithless judge. But in verse 5, in that same passage, God says, hear what the unrighteous judge says? How much more will God, who is a loving, kind, faithful God, do for his children. So when we read in Galatians chapter 5, and I read verses 24 and 25, we haven't been doing that, doing that the last few weeks. I wanted you to have emphasis on after the spiritual fruit, Jesus says, if you belong to Jesus Christ, then this is what you'll be. This is who you are. And there's so many different passages I could use today where Jesus says, if you're a good tree, you bear good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you don't bear fruit. And so we get the contrast. But the last part of that verse that struck me, verse 8, it says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I got to thinking about that. Now this woman was constantly going and she was petitioning the unrighteous judge. This is in the context again of Jesus coming back. It would be like today if Jesus decides to come back during the service. His question would be the same. Will he find faith on the earth? How do we show faith? 
Well, we saw in the parables. We cry out to God. We cry out to Him. Because we're, what we're saying, what prayer is, is we're saying, hey, I can't do this on my, my own. I can't live for God on my own. I, you know, what we say when we don't pray is we're saying, hey, I'm, hey God, I'm good. I, we, we may not think we're saying this, I don't need you. I, I've got things worked out today. Nothing, no crisis is going on today. I'm, I'm good. And God's saying, will I find faith on the earth? A good indicator is, are you seeking Him in communication and prayer? But I want to contrast this because, again, we're talking about character. And um, character doesn't happen overnight, okay? Character is something you do moment by moment, day by day. And so in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, Jesus says this, because I want you to understand what faithfulness looks like. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Jesus was showing again, if I'm faithful, I take a step, I'm building character step, step, step. It's going to keep going on and on and on. But if you don't have any character, then small decisions, big decisions, you act the same. See, I, I love when I can tell you stories about people I know and um, you know my dad's one of them my dad is someone who has character and he's someone my whole life I'm 50 years old whether he was in church whether he was outside the church whether he owned his own business he always had fruit showing his character and Jesus is the same way. If you look at, I love this verse, Psalm 100 and verse 5. It says, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. So we know that God is faithful. Again, that's his character. We're talking about faithfulness. The question this morning that we're going to be looking at, though, is are we faithful? Because, again, we know God is faithful. Uh, but let's, if I hadn't convinced you that God is faithful, let's keep uh, looking at some more verses. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 10 through 13, Chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. It's on the screen. I'll set this passage up. Paul had been following Christ ever since his conversion on the road to Damascus. And he's in jail. Now, Paul had been in jail a few times for his faith. But this particular time that he's in jail, it's going to be his end. He's going to die. They're going to put him to death. And Paul said, God even told him, hey, Paul, uh, your time's coming to an end. You're, you're going to be put to death. And so it's the context that Paul is writing this to a young man named Timothy. And, I mean, think about it. Timothy's scared. I mean, 
Paul's been faithful. He's been following God. And his mentor, his hero, is about to be put to death. So Timothy's struggling. And let's read what Paul says in that context. Paul says, Therefore I endure everything. I'm faithful for the sake of the elect and for Christ, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So Paul's thinking the end in mind. I'm going to be faithful because of what Christ Jesus did for me. And then he says in verse 11, the saying is trustworthy. It's something you can count on, Timothy. This is something you can hold on to. And he was even writing it to us. This is something you can hold on to because God's called you to be faithful, even in uncertain times. And we, again, we're living in uncertain times. He says this, If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Again, Paul knew he was about to die, and he was confident. Hey, man, I've lived for God my whole life, and I'm about to die for him. So what does Paul keep saying? Look at it. If we endure, if we are faithful, is what Paul's saying. If we are faithful, we will also reign with him. So that, that's good, right? If I'm faithful, and the Bible says, those who follow Christ will be faithful to the end. So again, this is spiritual fruit. You can't give up on God. That's not part of the DNA of those who belong to Christ Jesus. He says, if you're faithful, then you're going to reign with God. Hey, you're going to be part of the kingship. You're going to be uh, ruling in heaven with, with Christ. But then he says something very sobering. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And then he says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So again, what he's doing is he's asking the question. He's telling us, hey, God's always been faithful. Psalm 100, he's been faithful through all generations. Even after we're dead and gone, he's still going to be faithful. He can't deny who he is. That's his character. But he says, if we are faithless, so he's setting up, hey, we don't know who's going to be faithful and who's going to be faithless, but we know who is faithful. It brings me to another story. What does the faithfulness of God look like? It looks like what God asked one of his men to do, the prophet named Hosea. Remember that story? It's a crazy story. It's a wild story. There was a lot of faithless people in Hosea's day. They were doing whatever they wanted to do. They may play games and act like they were godly, but they was not. And God says, Hosea, I want people to understand my character. I want them to understand who I am. And so he says, I want you to marry a prostitute. I want you to marry someone in society that nobody would think you'd marry as a man of God. And I'm sure Hosea struggled. 
but Hosea was faithful, and he married Gomer. And God blessed the marriage. They had children, and we know children are a gift from God. He blessed them. But after a while, Gomer says, hey, this, this lifestyle and trying to do the right thing, this is not for me. Gomer was faithless. She went back to her old lifestyle. She went back to her old way. This happened for a while. And then in Hosea chapter 3, God asked him to do something you wouldn't think he'd ask him to do. He said, Hosea, I want you to go back and redeem your wife. I want you to take her back. Can you imagine how hard that was for him to do? And so when you look at that chapter, you see that this woman that was used to be his wife, she was on the auction block. And on the auction block, she was going for half of what a servant would go for. Because she was, she'd lived a hard life. She had little value left. Hosea goes, I'll bid for her. And he won the bid. She, she got a bid of 15 shekels, which was, again, half price of what a normal servant would go for. That's the kind of God we serve. That's who I'm talking about that has the character of faithfulness. It's trustworthy. It's true. You know, we live in difficult days. And I know a lot of you in this room and even the ones watching online, you've been let down. You've been let down by men of God. I know we've, we've had some of that recently in the news. You've been let down by family. And, and you have a hard time trusting. I want you to know God is faithful to someone you can trust. I don't know everyone's story. I'm still getting to know people. But he's someone you can count on. He's someone that will never let you down. Because he's faithful. That's his character. As we keep looking at what this means, I, I wouldn't be preaching the whole counsel of God if I didn't uh, go to the next passage um, we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, and I'm going to be looking at verses 9 and 10. It says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. So again, we're seeing this continual faithfulness of God. And he said, man, I keep my covenant. I keep my promises. We sung about that earlier. His promises are yes and amen. Absolutely. But in Deuteronomy, verse 10 is where it is sobering. It says, in essence, if you don't, if you're faithless, you're not showing spiritual fruit. And this is what it says. 
and he repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. See, God's a loving God. He's a good God. But he's also a just God. Why should we be faithful? Because one day, we're going to stand before a holy God. But the other reason is, there's a lot of people in our community, they're faithless. And they're going to stand before a holy God in judgment. And we've got the hope of a loving God that He's the one that can change them. He's the one that can save them. That's why you got, that's one reason you need to endure. Not only will we reign with Him and all the fruit that we'll receive from Him, but to sort of finish up this morning, I'm always struck by some of the things. I, I've been reading the Gospels the last, well, the, this whole year, the Gospels each month, and, and, and there's so many things that are repetitive that you're going, man, this is important. I mean, if God says it more than once, it's important. And since I've been reading the Gospels the way I've been doing, I, I've, I've tried to figure out how can I change it up. This is, you know, the, um, the ninth month I've been doing it, and I was like, man, I know what I'll do. I'll read, each day I'll read one Gospel like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'll read chapter one, day one. So day six, I'm reading, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter six. But on the third day of September, I was reading that, and I read in Matthew chapter three, verse eight, it says, keep fruit and bearing with repentance. But, huh. Well, that's good, and I was reading it, and I was thinking about it, and then later I was reading Luke chapter three, in verse 8, the same day. And Jesus said again, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Like, wow, that's important. That's the second time I've read that. Guys, the only way that you can know that you belong to Christ Jesus, the only way, and this is not my opinion, it's God's. The only way you know is that you're bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. That's how you know that you belong to Christ. That's why I read Galatians chapter 5. And so my question today that I, I skipped earlier, you know, the Bible says, will he find faith on the earth? The bigger question is, will he find faith in you? That's the challenge I'm going to ask myself. I've, I've asked that question this week because it's important. Matter of fact, I'll say it this way. Your very life depends on whether you know Christ or not. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer.